What's up, everybody? Welcome to Plum Love Foods. We're here talking about all your nonsense you got going on, restaurant stories, hotel business, crazy goings on in the food world. My name is Chef Plum, and I'm here. I got my sous chef, Justin Curran, with me. Justin, what's up, man? What's going on, Chef? How you doing this evening? You know, sitting here drinking a beer, listening nice. to funky jams. Yeah, you got some beats in the background now, huh? You know, I'm a big fan of beats in the background. I try to go places and have beats in the background. If not, it's just playing in your head. It's like kind of like when you're out staying above, you're out in LA, you have the beats everywhere, you can't get away from them. Just that, you know, that same techno beat. Yeah, I used to be the, the hip hop chef back in the day, always trying to kick freestyle rhymes on the line. Problem is, you try to kick a freestyle rhyme on the line and people think you're calling out random food and they don't know how to fire a, uh, a you know, low rise <laughs> Cadillac. <laughs> you know, I thought that was gonna go the other way around. I thought they were gonna be yelling at you at that moment in time. Well, no, you like start you, getting down. You just start getting down the line, throwing a freestyle. Things are going well for yourself. And all of a sudden, you got nine tickets coming in. And <laughs> you kind of forget what you're doing because you're trying to get a rhyme. And next thing you know, your grill cook starts jumping in with you and throwing down a rhyme himself. Start burning stuff, catching stuff on fire. We're grabbing a weed whacker because you're in the freaking weeds and you can't get out. <laughs> That's right. Well, this is our first time doing this, and uh, we're trying to make it a fun thing. You know, very chill, <laughs> laid back, just telling stories sitting here drinking a beer as I'm talking. It sounds like you're in a garage. I, it really does. I'm in this little basement and we're talking and it's way too close for comfort and I'm in a small room. Yeah, well. It's making, it's making it a little weird. I won't lie. That's all right, but it, we're, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get better at it and it's gonna be fun. We're gonna do some pretty fun things and do some live shows. Uh, maybe even get this professionally produced a little bit, but uh, I think awesome. it's gonna, yeah, I think it's gonna be great. We got a lot of great things happening. Um, so we do a company called Plum Love Foods, and uh, we focus on doing some pop-up restaurants uh, in the area, some catering work. Um, I myself have been in the business for longer than I'd like to admit, doing uh, hotels and restaurants all up and down the East Coast. Uh, Justin, you've been about the same, right? Yeah, I've been, I worked a lot in the East Coast, ran a couple restaurants, a couple bed and breakfasts, and uh, kind of learned my way from the beginning. I was throwing pies when I was like 15, and by the time I was 18, I was like, hey, I kind of like this chef thing. Like, I could get used to cooking for a living and just kind of beat myself up for the next, uh, what, almost 15 years <laughs> and uh, learned everything I could and just keep moving. Can we talk about a bed and breakfast for a minute? Uh, maybe. Like, what, what exactly, like, if you tell huh. people you work in a bed and breakfast, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I picture a little place, you know, probably seats what at, at most at dinner, 25, something like that. Kind of. You know, a tiny little kitchen, very galley style type kitchen, small, um, extremely hot. You know, <laughs> uh, it could be in a basement. Uh, is that kind of the same scenario you had? No, I got lucky. Like when I say bed and breakfast, it was more like I had a restaurant with an attached hotel or like bed and breakfast theme. I had a restaurant with about seven, I had 75 seats inside and 35 outside. And uh, what was cool is I had a 40 person bar. So if you can imagine just this big open cool dining room on the Hudson, we walk outside and you walk across this little one way street to my outside terrace where I have a bar and another 30 dinner. Uh, but in the morning, we got up, cooked breakfast. I lived up the block from it, so it was just nice and easy. I could get up, walk down the river, drink my coffee, and go in the kitchen, get the day started. I just want to stop you for a minute. You're talking about walking up and down the river. This is the Hudson River we're talking about. It's not some beautiful little stroll up 
Vermont River, Washington State or Oregon. It's it's, it's the Hudson River <laughs> near, mind you, mind you. Uh, what was it? General Electric? What power plant was there that almost destroyed That's the entire Albany. ecosystem? No, we were well, see, we were south of Albany. All the all that came down and killed everything. So it was just really quiet. Nothing happened. Well, you don't work there anymore, so we need to act like it's the best thing in the world. Like no, you're walking it, up and down the river, you're looking for as a kid. I kind of understand your haircut now. Yeah, it makes sense, right? You can't help it. It's I'm kind of stuck in the 80s. It just happened. It's like a mutation. We've become a, a nation of just trying to almost one-up each other, you know, so to speak. It's almost like how much bacon can we wrap around it? How much cheese can we put on it? You know, uh, can we make a cheese blanket, wrap it around it, and then tie it up with bacon, <laughs> deep fry it, and then freaking deep fry it again? Smother it in And then put powdered sugar on it and fry it again. It, it's yeah. it's kind of disgusting. Yeah, it's an overkill. More is not always better. Yeah, it's 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 something else, and it's if I, you know, I think it sounds almost to me like it's almost insulting the fact that like there's people out there, you know, you you and I. That's one of our things is that like I truly believe in good food. Like you always say too, don't mess with it. It's good. Get it out of the ground. Get it from somewhere local. Do it that way. And it's like it's, if it's good to begin with, you don't need to wrap it in bacon, put a cheese blanket on it. Exactly. it, deep fry it, roast it off, let's candy it after the fact. Let's just eat a good thing of food. But you know, it's almost one of those things where you look at these guys online and these other th guys who may be at, uh, you know, like a carnival or a fair. You know, let's deep fry an Oreo, let's deep fry a Twinkie, let's deep fry the deep fried donut. It's, just, it's almost like a little too much. So I just can't believe that a, a, a publication, you know, as renowned as Gourmet Magazine would coin a term called the gross food movement. Sounds more like a shock factor, you know? You know, I hear that uh, that term, the gross food movement, and, and, and I want to coin a term to go with it. Let's do it. The term I want to coin is, uh, this is why you're fat. <laughs> I like it. There it is. And that's uh, the most important food news of the day. <laughs> there it is. It is. I did. I did. I had guests over, uh, but when you always switch from wine to beer, it means your head's gonna hurt. And any old <laughs> cook, any old you know, uh, kitchen soldier in the business understands what it's like to be able to switch from wine to beer. Because you got you bought wine at the beginning of the night. And you, you got your twelve or thirteen dollar bottle of wine and thought you were doing well for yourself until you realized that was only five drinks. And that's not very much. So you went uh, with your last three bucks in your wallet to 7-Eleven and you bought yourself a 40 ounce of, a, uh, of old English gold to finish the night off. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea until that next morning, right? In theory, it always works. In theory, it's always a winner. And it always seems like um, you kind of go back to your roots and what you know. And I was drinking wine and I said, hey, let's have a beer. Now, granted, I'm not having the old gold. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so these days, what are, you, uh, what are you drinking these days? Oh, it's summer. You know, summer comes around, I put away the scotch and bourbon and go to tequila generally. Like, if it's not a beer, like a, just a solid beer, it's going to be tequila. Right, right. And like everybody that. squirms at tequila, but tequila, if you get good tequila, it's like drinking good bourbon and good scotch or, you know, great vodka. It's all the same. People just, you know, you don't binge drink anything and expect good results. Tequila's <laughs> always that gold. Like, yeah, you can't. I guess it depends on what's going on that evening. True, like the, like this whole thing with Fireball, you know, it's it's a train wreck waiting to happen. You know, is ten years from now. Fireball. Yeah, is that what it is? That cinnamon flavored something or other. That sounds freaking terrible. 
It does, right? And it just, it's, you know, it's fun to try it for the first time. And then when people keep ordering it, you're like, really? I, I'm not six or seven. The whole atomic fireball thing kind of played out. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those candies you used to sell when you would sell candy in middle school and elementary school. Yeah. What are you drinking nowadays? It's summertime. Like, I, I, you know, you're talking about this wine and yeah. beer. You know, I, I've been trying to switch back to wine. We, we recently had a trip to Napa. I'm telling you, as if you don't know that. And, um, <laughs> You know, the Napa trip, it, it really tried to get me back into drinking wine. I was, uh, I've always dug wine a lot. But, um, you know, the old kitchen guy comes out to me, the old, uh, you know, line cook, no matter how many years I do this, and I still will forever and always switch back to drinking beer. Um, I even revert back to my phases of, and you've seen it, uh, you know, I gotta have my Miller High Life, you know what I mean? <laughs> It doesn't matter how much money you make or how well you're doing in life. You know, us kitchen guys always we we go back to what we know, and it could be a Pabst Blue Ribbon, yeah, Pabst Blue Light, <laughs> High Life. You know what I mean? It's just I've drank some of the best wines in the world, but for some reason, still I'll go back to drinking a just a garbage beer. You and I were in wine country, ended up in a dive bar drinking PBR. That's a good story right there. I mean, come on. Well, dive bar, dive bars are stretch. I, I I would even. Push, I mean, we were in somebody's garage in their backyard. <laughs> they called it a dive bar. We showed up there. It's literally like a shed they bought from Home Depot. They put water and a couple of outlets in it and put it in a piece of property and said, we got Pabst Blue Ribbon here. And okay, now wait, let me... Tell them where it make, is. Oh, no, I was going to say, I was just going to say that to you. I was like, let them know where it is because, you know, you're talking about, you explain the scenario, the synopsis. Where is said location? Dude... <laughs> where, where is this home away from home? Where is this located? You know, it's hysterical. It is literally smack dab in the middle, right in between, uh, freaking Boudin, um, <laughs> French Laundry. Uh, it, it's 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 in that same neighbor. It's in the same neighborhood. It literally, like every neighborhood has that neighbor that nobody likes. You know what I mean? They could be a hoarder. Their house could smell. Who knows? <laughs> That's what this place was that we were at. You know, we look across the street, and there is the French Laundry. And you look next door, and there's uh, just this number of, you know, just California restaurants, best in the world. Incredibly and, you know, Ad hoc is right there. And here we are in some, the backyard or some piece of property, and a dude has put a Home Depot shed there with a couple of past Blue Ribbon cakes in there. <laughs> and said, come on. And then the dude showed up. The owner came outside. I was like, hey, so proud. Coming. Remember? Oh, he was so proud. <laughs> can't blame it. But listen, you take a place like that, you serve cheap beer, you put it right next to some of the best restaurants in the world, and who do you think is going to come to it? Yeah. Every single person in every brigade coming in in like a pickup truck or SUV you or mom's bottled car because they don't make enough money to keep moving forward. You got They're it. They're drinking $3 packs. Right? And that's <laughs> the people, though. They'll keep you in business, man. They're loyal. Come yeah. on, as kitchen guys, restaurant people, we're some loyal people. Yeah. Because especially the place, I don't... I'm going to just go out on a limb and say there probably isn't any rules in this place. <laughs> That's true. That's I true. mean, like, what goes on except for on the line tomorrow before Chef walks in? You know, it was one of those places that you go into, and no matter what you dress like, what you look like, you feel completely comfortable being there. Oh, yeah, we were definitely way too overdressed for that occasion. <laughs> way too overdressed were we, were, yeah we were we came we back, came from, back from Inglenook or something we came back from a winery yeah that's true another uh, you know I'm trying a couple things so I got a, another segment 
we're gonna do a little bit here. Uh, I like segments. Segments yeah, are good. I wanna. I'm calling this the chutney. What? What? We're gonna do the chutney. All right, cool. And the chutney is gonna be. Uh, essentially, we're going to talk about the worst kitchen injury you've seen, and then we're going to have the kitchen injury of the week. <laughs> you, you like how I said, like, Chuck, yeah, cool. Like, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, uh, Zach Palaco of the Fatty Crab in New York City. Um, he says, I'm all confident just in. That just sounds terrible already. Yeah, well, here we go for Chutney for the week. Uh, he said he has a guy who works for him who's kind of a spaz, and he was using an, uh, an immersion blender. And he mm-hmm. went to clean it when it was still plugged in, and mm-hmm. it turned on. Oh, God. Yeah. It says it just whacked his hand up, and it was a little bit of a mess. <laughs> you know, a bit of a mess. How many pieces were left when he was done? Well, he said, he said uh, you know, he doesn't think he'd lost any of his digits, but it was definitely pretty bad and made quite a mess. You know what I wonder is, uh, you know, hopefully they make crab cakes that day. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just saying. You know, it's funny, though, because when you work in a kitchen, you see some pretty awful injuries and awful things happen to people. Yeah. Just, oh. What was the story you told me the other day? The guy that put the cleaver in the dishwasher's hand? Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. That story still gives me the wills. Like, it's one of those things. As that, it should. Oh, it was not okay. I I was 20, I think, and I was working at a Yeah, it's about 20. Working at a restaurant. I'm in charge. It's my first real gig where I'm in charge of everything. It's my show. Like, I'm doing it. I'm in front of the house, and I'm going to make... I'm just going to say it like this. I walk out the front of the house. I was gone for more, no more than two minutes. I come back, and there's a dishwasher, or pardon me, a cleaver through the back of my dishwasher's hand into the butcher's block of the table in the back. Right. Apparently, when I had a, a line cook who was making a joke towards the end of the night, and he just goes, this says words, Jackie Chan fakes like he's going to, like, throw the knife at something. Well, my cleaver is about, I don't know, 11 inches long, 6 inches thick, probably weighs close to a half a pound. And apparently said item slid out of his hand and pinned, pinned my dishwasher's hand to a butcher's block table. Through, I mean, straight through. Luckily, he didn't chop his kind of hand off. It was one of those moments in life where I just walked back and I, you know, 21, 20, 21 year old, you, you just kind of lose your stuff really quickly. Right. The patience was not there. And long story short, dishwasher was fine. It missed the bone. I mean, if you spread your ring finger and middle finger apart and go up about an inch, there was a one inch hole through this guy's hand with stitches on both sides. I mean, it was a mess, but nobody died. Everybody kept their digits and fingers and it's still life. terrible. Oh, yeah, I think it's one of the best. I, I've had some pretty, pretty horrifying injuries of my own in the kitchen, and I'm sure you know any, any true kitchen soldier has stories about it. Um, I was uh, working in a hotel in uh, in Richmond. It was during my internship, actually, and um, we would we were making veal stock, and you know, everybody veal stock. A good veal stock takes 12 to 15 hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it forms that layer of fat on top of it. And when that layer of fat forms, um, you know, the boiling process actually stops. You know, it, liquid boils at 212 degrees, and it boils because the liquid turns to gas. But if you cover up that liquid, it can't then boil. It almost stops boiling because the, the gas can't escape. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it actually can get hotter than 212 degrees. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So oh, um, this has been going for hours, and just it must have had a layer, an inch and a half thick of fat on the top of it. So you just this liquid is just it's molten lava. You know? Yeah. Um, one of the guys at the, in the kitchen was transferring the stock into a bucket to take to the walk-in. So he, oh. he gets a essentially a five-gallon plastic bucket, right? Mm-hmm. And, and anybody who listens who's, who's worked in a hotel um, knows that you don't only really have burners, you have a giant hot plate. You know what I mean? Like as a stove, it's, it's, it's like an yeah. iron plate. The entire <clears> thing is hot. You know, there's hot, hot, hot spots and cold spots, but it's all pretty freaking hot. It's dangerous. And, yeah. Well, this guy puts the plastic bucket up on that little, you know, four-inch lip. Hole. Mm-hmm. By, by the hot plate, and he takes the stock and starts to pour it. Well, he does that and picks the bucket up, and the bottom of the bucket melts to the hot plate and pours out. And your immediate first reaction is, oh, my God, you reach over to grab it. Well, I was stupid, and the first thing I did was reach over to plug the hole. Oh. With my hand. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the worst burns I've ever gotten in my life. Literally, my hand, it, it, it doubled in size immediately. Because uh, it just melted off. Uh, it did. The first three layers of skin melted off. I had a third degree burn, so my hand I had to go to the hospital. It was uh, not good. And now when I get a suntan, actually, uh, and by the way, uh, like any good soldier, I was at work the next day <laughs> and wrapped up in bandages, ready to rock. Because um, you can't call out. No, there's no, there's no calling out. And uh, yeah, it, it was pretty freaking gross, dude. So uh, yeah, we've all had stories, but that's my, that's the weekly chutney. That's a good one. That's weekly a good start. Chutney, that's what's up. A year ago, a year ago at this time, I was preparing to to take my first foray foray into uh, culinary reality TV and uh, nice. it's, 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 it's been quite a trip man and it was uh, I was preparing myself to go as you know on the first season of The Taste mm-hmm. on ABC with uh, Anthony Bourdain and Nigella Lawson and uh, it was a I, I did my first audition for that in July and for some reason they liked me and at this point last year I've been given the, uh, whenever you do the reality TV, it's hysterical because no one ever tells you for sure if you're actually going to make the show. I love these stories. Dude, they just, they were like, well, we like you and we're down to 1,500 people and you're one of them. We'll be in touch. And you're like, good luck oh, to you. I'll see you soon. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. So, you know, they're like, but make sure you have the week of September 9th to blah, blah, blah clear because if you make it, that's when we're going to need you. Yeah, God forbid you have a family or like things to prepare for. Nobody cares. And you know, some of these shows too, it's hysterical. You hear stories about them and you know, the one I was on was not this bad. But um, they they you know, Top Chef for instance. Um, I, have a, I know a person who was on Top Chef. And um, you know, she's on the show and they take away your cell phone. You have no communication with the outside world the entire time. You can't talk to your family, you can do nothing, you can't even go and take a piss without someone going with you. It's crazy. Yeah, you have some kind of uh, production assistant or someone, associate producer, has to go with you. Um, they sit outside your room in your hotel. Your hotel has, uh, you can have a TV, but you have no computer, you have no telephone, nothing. That's ridiculous. That, like, how, like, is that just to drive people crazy? Is that like one of those things where it's like, insanity beware, like if we just wear you out, are you just gonna become crazier and crazier? No, it's the reason they do it is they don't want you to give away the outcome of the show to somebody. 
all right, I, I can see the point. You know, they're afraid, like, you know, I'd call you and be like, dude, I'm in the final three. And your Twitter. show's not going to air for three months. Guess who's on Twitter? Yeah, so they, they try to hold it back. On the taste, they didn't do that to us. It was a bunch of freaking restaurant people, alcoholics, and we all are drinking beer. And they were kind of like, I'm sure the second season they're going to change it uh, because it was it was a little out of control. But, you know, I was hanging out with some of the coolest chefs in the country, Jeff Mayan, Brian Jupiter. Um Dude, we were just hanging out at the bar, like drinking beers and just being stupid. Tell me about the PBR story about the walking oh. there with the PBR. Yeah, that was one of the one of the favorite stories there. I kind of became the mayor of the taste. <laughs> uh, I became friendly with everybody. It's just the kind of guy I am. And and, and we were uh, out and about after a day of filming, and I wasn't sure if we were going to make it back in time to have a drink. So I made uh, the car stop, and I went to Seven uh, Eleven or some In and Out or wherever the hell it was. And anyway, I bought a case of. Uh, uh, Pat's Blue Ribbon. When we got back to the hotel, um, I was the la- one of the last groups to get back that was done that day. Um, and so I, a couple of the guys that were there um, had gone to the restaurant in the hotel and it was a Radisson, so let's not get excited. It's not like a great hotel. <laughs> so it's the nice restaurant at the Radisson. Not the lobby bar, but the nice restaurant. And I say nice very loosely. Um, <laughs> nice meaning we have pasta. But, I was gonna say, uh, is everybody in matching attire, or is it? Oh, no, dude, it's freaking. <laughs> but literally, like, if you have a hotel and you've got a bunch of restaurant people there, who do you want at your bar? The restaurant people. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm meeting a bunch of the guys there because we're all friendly, and um, you know, at this point, I had this thirty pack of Patch Blue Ribbon. <laughs> so I walk into the hotel. Remo, this is the hotel you're staying in. Say it again. This is the hotel you're staying in. The hotel I was staying in, and that I had to share a room with with another contestant. Um, but he became very cool. His name's Kyle. He's awesome. He did chicken fried watermelon for anybody who wants to remember him. Um, and he uh, hint hint. Well, there's a. Let me say this properly. There's a good chance you might see him again. <laughs> anyway, um, so we walk into the hotel, into the into the restaurant, and I have my thirty pack of beer, and you know Jeff Mahins there, and. Uh, Brian Jupiter's there, and there's a couple of you know bigger name chefs that are there. And I walk in, and they're all like, "Plum, what's up? What's happening?" So I just go with it. You know, I'm a former pro wrestler, but if you got a gimmick, you just run with it. You know what I mean? So I open up the 30 pack of Pass Blue Ribbon. I'm in a hotel. The you know freaking the redneck Adonis starts comes out in me, <laughs> Captain Redneck. I open up the 30 pack and just start chucking beers at people in the freaking hotel uh, bar. Yeah. People don't know where you're from at this point. Hell this yeah! Don't they don't know where you're from. Yeah, I'm just throwing <laughs> beers at people. I'm like, yeah, what's up, brother? Boom, throwing a beer. I'm like, yeah, man. Boom, there's a beer. And uh, there's a couple of people who were just having dinner, and they're just looking at me like I have five heads. And uh, I was offering them a beer, but they were just pretending like I wasn't talking. <laughs> and uh, the French it's guy, I guess, who was the maitre d' or whatever, the restaurant comes up. And he's like, sir, you can't, uh, you'll come in here. I don't know why he sounds like it's Asian now. <laughs> he he uh, comes up and he goes, you know, we can't have outside food and beverage. I was like, no, 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 man, it's all right. I'm on the TV show. And just kept throwing <laughs> beers. And he was like, huh? And he kind of let it go for a few seconds. And then he came and goes, no, 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 we really can't bring outside of, outside beverages. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, don't worry. Just talk to ABC. We got it. And so I'm just throwing more beers. <laughs> At this point, everybody who's there, I mean, you're talking 15, 16 people who were in the group are all holding a can of past blue ribbon that came from 7-Eleven down the street that some redneck walked in and threw at them from 10 <laughs> feet away. Yeah. So, uh, 
the guy major G five comes up and he goes, Sir, and I handed him the thirty pack what was left. I said, Hey man, can you keep this cold for me? Just put it in the bag and walk in or something. And he goes, um, um I was like, Don't I won't walk back and get it, man. Just if I need one, I'll tell you. And he was like, Oh, uh, he was like, it, it. I said, Don't worry, man, it's all right. And he goes, oh, okay, yes, sir. And, I went, <laughs> and then I sat down and realized I didn't get one for myself. So I had to tell the maitre d', hey, man, you walk back there and grab me one of their paps. <laughs> so he comes out and hands me a PBR, and I'm sitting down talking, and everybody's just cracking up laughing. Um, that was a fun night. That was That's a hysterical the, night. Tell me, is that or is that not the maitre d' you want in your restaurant? Dude. I'll do anything you want. Just, okay, sure. Just go sit down with me and don't make a scene. Hey, man, he kept me happy the rest of the night. He handled like a champ, it sounds like. To well, me, I like, ah. A, I dropped a 50 on him at the end because I knew I'd get him a hard time. Well, that's that's only courtesy. That's courtesy. Which sounds like a great idea until you realize when you do these TV shows, they gave you a $40 a day stipend. I was going to say, you are probably in the hole for the next thing, weren't you? Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. They give you, you know, 40 bucks a day, you know, and you're you're in L.A., so 40 bucks a day will buy you, like, I don't know, Snickers. a coffee, a coffee and a king-size Snickers. <laughs> what are our breaks? What's going on now with our pop-up? What are we doing nowadays? What's the next installment? Do we have a have anything in stone yet, or is that still? You know, man, nothing's set in stone yet, but we got a lot of things going on, and uh, I'm hesitant to announce anything, and, and you know what's going on. You, you, you're playing the character now if you don't, but you know what's going on. I'm giving you teasers. I'm giving you options to lay a little bit of secrecy yeah. out by watching. If you're listening to the podcast, there should be privy to a little bit of inside information. Right, Slowly. right. And there's uh, we got some pretty good stuff happening with William Sonoma. We're talking about possibly on the 18th doing something. I'm just not sure we're ready yet. Um, I want to go in there and work in their kitchen beforehand. I don't want us to be in a bad. I don't want to go do it and be in a bad spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Um, <clears throat> We're gonna do something there. Um, that's one of if that's not gonna happen, um, you know, we might do that in September and maybe go ahead and do another one to butcher shop this month. You do what you gotta do. We just ran into it the other day, right? Yeah, man. You gotta do the best you can do with what you got. But yeah, you mean with the with the fox piece we did? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's where I was going with that. You know, it's funny. You never think about you know we've we've done a number of segments on TV and news and stuff promoting and. You know, I, I never even thought twice about, uh, um, you know, doing a segment outside that it'd be any different. But, um, boy, I tell you what, I'm glad we did that because that was a learning experience. Yeah. It, it, a learning experience, yeah. I mean, we've done a few of these. We've done, I mean, I've done a few, you've done a bunch, and it's one of those things that and we've both been in the business a long time. Right. There was things that neither one of us even put two and two together and when we stop at the end we're just like hmm well, the biggest thing is the biggest thing for me is that I couldn't see you know you could see like a, a good idea how much time you have left I had no idea oh no it's like being in the dark yeah I mean it was fun though you know it, it's it's one of those things I'm glad you get a chance to do and have the opportunity to try cool stuff associated with, hash, with hashtags everybody's hashtagging everything well I I, I just was looking up hashtag chef life. Right. Like, I've used it. Like, I'm like, all right, cool. I get it. Like, it's a cool thing. Like, and then I'm looking and what does any of this have to do with chef life? You know, I, I think it's just people <laughs> trying to get all the chefs together, but, uh, 
It's funny when you see like went to KFC, had some fried chicken legs, chef life. Yeah, you know, just cooking burgers on a skillet, chef life. You know, I no. think it's because it, what it is, it's almost because this profession has become almost romanticized. You know what I mean? Oh my, yes, 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 yes. I can see that. Which is a good thing. It, there's no lore. Well, it allows people like you and me to go do uh, uh, TV segments and screw up outside. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, I guess there's some liberties there involved with it. Probably a little bit. But uh, <laughs> either way, there's our music. Dun, dun, dun. As we finish the uh, first edition of Plum Love Foods podcast, we got yeah. a lot of cool things coming up. I'm really excited about it. We uh, are planning on doing some live stuff. Um, we're going to get better at doing this. Um, this is our first opportunity, our first chance, but we appreciate you taking the time, and it's going to get a lot better. So uh, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed it, enjoyed hearing the nonsense, and uh, that's what this is about, man. We're not trying to follow any guidelines. We'll have a couple fun segments. We're going to talk to some cool people, some important culinary people, and some people who aren't so important but are still pretty cool. Email questions. Yeah, Email tell questions. Them, tell, tell them where to send it to. Send it to questions, plum love. Foods, P L U M L U V F O O D S. It's questions plum love foods at gmail.com. That's right. It's at that's questions plum love foods at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to get some questions in. We'll talk about it. You can ask us anything uh, recipe ideas, recipe questions, food questions, whatever's going on, whatever's on your mind. My chef's plum wary. What the hell did you just say? My chef plum is wary. Yeah, what I'm wearing for sure. That's for sure. But uh, you too. Cool. We appreciate it, Justin. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, I, it was. It's always a pleasure, Plum. And we, yes. will, we will don't forget about the YouTube channel. Oh, Gotta dude. get to YouTube all day. YouTube. That's right. It's uh, YouTube.com/backslash Plum Love Foods, and uh, we'll catch y'all on down the road. <laughs>